Hello, everybody. Welcome to Therapy Dog Talk. My name is Sherry. My pup's names are Sunny and Riley. And each week we talk with different therapy dog teams and researchers around the world about the impact that they're making in their area. If you are just getting started or you're not sure where to get started, we have a free guide for you that you can find at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com. And we also have a community you can join at community.therapydogtalk.com. Today, I'm really looking forward to talking to Kathy Bennett about her experiences working and volunteering with her dogs. So looking forward to getting her in here. Hi, Kathy. Hello, Sherry. How are I'm you? Doing great. How are you? Oh, listen. Excellent. Excellent. It's a good day. <laughs> I love to hear it. <laughs> very, very cool. Well, Kathy, for those who don't know you, would you like to introduce yourself in your podcast? Sure. Sure. They're actually taking a PTO day today, so I don't have them with me. But my name is Kathy Bennett. I am honored to drive the train here of tail wagging happiness through the Medical University of South Carolina um, as the therapy animal coordinator. I have two golden doodles. Harley is 14 and a half and actually retired officially in November of last year at the ripe age of 14. He started at about two years old. Jackson now is my office mate and he probably comes in three to four days a week. He's taken the helm for the both of them. He is eight and a half and I want to say that Jax was certified at three. Dogs have a tendency to mature differently just as we do and it's very important that we don't rush the puppy out of them to hurry up and make the therapy dog. So when I looked at him at two, I said, not going to happen. So I just waited and I am very happy that I did. I love that. How did you first discover the role of therapy dogs? Personally, by accident. I am a proud army spouse of an incredible individual. And once he retired and we decided to settle down and stop moving around so much, I always wanted a dog, and so this is when I brought Harley on board. Not having a dog my entire life, I did not know much about them. So I went with something fluffy, non-threatening looking that I could, in my 50s, pretty much work with and not be afraid of. And the Golden Doodle just fit that ticket. Lovely parents, had a great childhood. They just were not into animals or pets, so I didn't have a dog growing up. Harley was probably about two years old when my mother in her 90s was diagnosed with dementia. So being one of three siblings, we all took turns caring for her periodically just so that the other siblings could take a break. When she was visiting with me, there was this very unique bond between her and Harley, one that I could not necessarily explain, but it was very fascinating. She lived shy of her 98th birthday. The last several years of her life, she was about 10 miles from me in a Christian assisted living facility for memory loss. So I decided to retire from my career as an HR professional. And she became my ministry along with Harley. And we would go visit her on a regular basis. And very shortly after that, people started asking me if I could come into their brother's room or their father's room. And so he became the resident dog. And I knew that I needed to legitimize this. So I did a deep dive 
found out about therapy organizations and actually registered Harley through TBI. She passed away and Harley was actually at the foot of her bed during her transition. They were very, very close and it still baffles me that the human-animal bond can defy all reasonable explanations. It is just something that is there. And I stopped looking for why. Moving to Charleston, I wanted to get engaged and get involved. So I came to MUSC. And for about two years, we were volunteers at the Children's Hospital. Then an opportunity presented itself. And I kind of walked through that door and haven't looked back since. That's beautiful. It sounds like Harley guided you there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you brought Jackson home, were you intentionally looking for a dog that hopefully would become a therapy dog? Not at all. Okay. (laughs) Not at all. So when I certified Harley, I also had a very large golden doodle named Leah at about 100 pounds and legs as long as a telephone pole. Having two doodles and living in the Washington, D.C. area, we're talking 2014, when the whole doodle phenomenon was very, very new, I literally could not walk a city block without being stopped three or four times. People asking me, what kind of dogs are they? Can I touch them? Can I take a picture? Again, human resources being my background. This is the stupidest thing. They actually created a trifold and we kept that in my bag. So when people stopped and asked the same questions over and over again, I would whip out my trifold. I was so proud that full and give it to them. So this is how Groovy Golden Doodles, the website got started. And I started blogging and writing about my experiences with these phenomenal dogs. So when I certified Harley, I also certified Leo as well. Leo, unfortunately, contracted the canine influenza virus at four and left in less than six days. It was an extremely traumatic experience Mm -hmm. for me. I spent an enormous amount of time in a rabbit hole that I could not get out of because I'd never had a dog before. Then it was Harley and I had Leo and Leo had gone at four. The breeder reads my blog and she contacted me after about six or seven months and said, I think you're ready based on your style of writing. And I have a dog that's very, very much like Leo, different parents. I want you to come up and take a look. So I went up and of course I brought Jackson home. And that was just because I'd been so accustomed to having two dogs in the house, but I never had any hands for Jackson to be a therapy dog. Because at this point, Harley and I were in sync and we were doing our thing. And again, I love Jax, but he's a bit of a Spicoli and just all over the place. And I loved the goofiness about him. So I never really wanted to try. But about three, this shift just took place. And I started to observe his intuition, his caring nature, seeking the most quiet individual out in a room, sitting there not being too pushy, yet leaning ever so gently to say, hey, don't know what's going on, but I'm here if you need me. So I said, okay, let me start working with you. And really, really happy I did. He's actually a superb therapy dog. That's great. Raw Theater Life says they love you. And Angela says you're amazing. (laughs) I love Angela. So Raw Theater Life, I'm going to put her out on grass. 
<laughs> Kimberly Gruffier and I, we have been friends since we started blogging together in 2012. And we are so opposite in everything other than our love for dogs and just talking about dogs. So, Sherry, we have been talking literally once a week for over a decade now. And then when the pandemic hit, it was even more. She lives out in the West Coast. I'm here on the East Coast. She's a raw feeder. I mean, to the core. I'm what I call hashtag raw food adjacent because I do like air drive. We peak food. We lean on one another. We've lost dogs together. We have done so much and experienced so much, but we've always been there. So August of 2021, we had this novel idea. If we're going to continue talking, let's just do a podcast. Hence, Girls with Dogs was born. And it is just our conversations that we now have. And we just record them and put them up on podcast channels for other people to kind of just hang out and just enjoy this journey with us. You know, I'll say, hey, I'm looking for something very holistic to work with gut health. And we'll get into talking about things like that. And she, she's learning a lot about therapy dog work. And I'm learning a lot from her about natural nutrition. Angela happens to be on the therapy dog team. And she has the most adorable little dog named Lewis. And they are awesome. I love it. Well, doing bear things said you should be wearing a cape because you're a superhero. Hyperchamp says you're the best that you allowed her to start at a new place. It's worked out very well. And then Kristen said that you're a gift to all of them at MUSC and the whole Charleston community. I'd love to take that to transition into tell us about your role at MUSC. How did you end up there? What are you doing there? So MUSC, it's an incredible place for me to do what I'm doing because it is a teaching hospital. It's the largest hospital in the Southeast. And they are extremely innovative and they are very welcoming to the entire therapy animal concept. They understand that animal assisted activity, the foundation for what we do that is so important, but they are okay allowing us to lead in therapeutic intervention. So I have probably what I call the most phenomenal And I hope all therapy coordinators feel this way, but I have got to be the most incredible Uber drivers. And that's what I call them. The dogs I affectionately call canine therapists, the humans on the other end of the leash, the Uber drivers, so that they always remember once they get into the parking lot and get into the hospital, they take a back seat and you let the dog do their thing. But they are so compassionate and giving of their time and of their pups. And they go the extra mile to be able to accommodate all of the requests that we get here at USC. So after the pandemic, we came back very, very slowly and we were very methodical about returning one of the few hospitals that came back as early as we did and had no incidences, no issues with the pandemic, even before the vaccines were available. But that eight months of separation, it's volumes to the care team members, to the physicians, and to the administration about the importance that having these dogs here in this role. And it kind of blew the doors that were already open off the hinges. So since COVID, 
Sherry, we have been working very hard to create a center for animal-assisted therapeutic intervention. It's important that as we trailblaze and lead in areas like pediatric dentistry and having the dogs in the operatory realm, working with stroke patients and aphasia patients with reading programs, being able to help those with physical and occupational and Parkinson's disease, being able to now sit in sessions with therapists and psychologists who are helping mental health from pediatric patients all the way up to senior aging adults. So because we are now leaning very heavily on the therapeutic intervention side, we need to go ahead and have researchers document these things. We need to be able to tell the story for others that are interested in coming into the therapeutic environment. I have a great friend that I've never met, Whitney, out at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester doing some of the same incredible thing. Many thanks to Pet Partners. So yes, I'm doing my shout outs and I am honored to be in my second year sitting on the board of AAAIP for animal-assisted professionals that are looking to have a network where we can communicate, where we can share. So as this continues to evolve and change, it is wonderful to have volunteers that are so eager to utilize their dogs and help train their dogs to do these incredible procedures and share with patients that are experiencing the worst periods of their life. And then to have an administration and have physicians and nurses and therapists that reach out to me and say, listen, this is what I do. I'm a pediatric anesthesiologist and we're doing so many endoscopies and colonoscopies on children now. We need the dog. So now I'm getting ready to work with them. But it's just so vital and critical and important that we're able to document this information and be able to publish it and get it out there. So National Institute of Health, Human Animal Bond Research, all of these agencies and facilities can now look to this information and say it's been done before. So let's try and do it where we are working. That was way more than you wanted, but when you get me talking about therapy dogs, I just can't stop. It's never more than I want, Kathy. Okay. That's why I'm here. And I really think that we could do a whole podcast of me just reading off all the great things people are saying about you, but I want to hear more yeah. of your story. What else do you want to know? Well, I am curious. So speaking of people who say the great things about you, I was talking to Dr. Taylor Chastain Griffin, and she was mm-hmm. saying that you are going to be wonderful today. I mentioned that you're going to be here, but I'd love to hear more about your role at AAAIP on the board and what you're hoping to accomplish by being part of that. So being on the board was, and this is my first board position, so it's always going to be near and dear to my heart. But for those of you that understand most therapy organizations certify or register you so that you can go into hospitals and schools and nursing homes and living assistance facilities. It's designed to give you the insurance and that accreditation that somebody is saying um, on behalf of filling the blank, this individual and this dog are okay to bring into your facility to share what I always call tail wagging happiness. When you look at 
a medical facility like a hospital or physicians that go off on into their own practice and would love to have their dog in their facility. That's taking that role to another level. Let's think of, and I always use Sharon, the Society for Human Resource Management, because that's a great example. That is a global network of HR professionals that are able to network together, continue to stay on top of all the new trends, have individuals, like-minded individuals that are able to communicate back and forth with one another. So this is what AAAIP is doing. It is providing a, a whole, okay, a base for the Sherry's and the Kathy's of the world to be able to learn from our own experiences, learn from those that are ahead of us, and then also bring those behind us along. It also is giving with Taylor and Annie and everybody else at Pet Partners. It's giving us a foundation. So somebody wanted to open up a clinic and they had a therapy dog. They can now go ahead and sit for an even higher level certification and be able to put that on their wall and allow their dog to be in there and be able to use the therapy animal correctly, professionally, legally, and also have the proper insurance to do so. So to have been able to come on board and work for a whole year before we launched and to see this grow and to sit in and listen. And yes, there are some people at MUSC that at some point I would love to see be pioneers in the roles that they had here and then be able to become AAAIP members and then start bringing their dogs to their actual facility for which they work. We know that the Fair Standard Labor Act will not allow you to volunteer and work in the same capacity. However, this accreditation changes that slightly and allows that to happen. So it's been a joy and an honor to have been at the conception and the nine months and the birth and now I'm watching Chick-fil-A just grow and become a phenomenal resource for all of us. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Thank you for sharing. So Jackson, does he work, do you work together or volunteer together? Just to clarify or both. I cannot volunteer where I work. Okay. That's a labor law. So I am certified through Alliance of Therapy Dogs. However, because I am employed at MUSC, I'm not insured through Alliance. I'm insured through MUSC. And therefore, I do not use the little red heart right. that Alliance gives you because they're not responsible for me, MULC is. And so he does work with me. I am very conscious of the amount of work that he does. I try to bring him in when I have light administration days so that we can walk the floors and he can visit and just make the people's day if we stumble upon a patient that requires some attention or if I have a request for any kind of PTOT work, I will bring him in. But to just come and sit in my office, I don't necessarily do that. That's Mm -hmm. my personal opinion. I am a huge animal advocate and anybody that works with me knows that. I'm always looking at the dog and asking the handler, are you watching this? Are you seeing this? I tell people all the time, you woke up and decided that you wanted to be a therapy animal handler. And you looked at your dog and you just said, hey, this dog is the best. This is 
going to be a beast at this. It's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> but nobody has ever sat down and had a meeting with their dog and said, so tell me how you feel about this. Do you want to do that? Right. I constantly try to train and educate and have these discussions with those people on the team because I want them to understand that there is a significant difference between what your dog is tolerating versus mm-hmm. what your dog is enjoying. I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, Jackson is a very social animal. He is enjoying what he does. Yeah. But I also still want to remember that he is a dog mm-hmm. and I want to keep that balance. That's why I love the laws and the rules that are in place with the two-hour limit for activities and working dogs and things of that nature. But uh, he does come to work with me. And I also want to talk about community engagement. Yeah. With my life as a military spouse, I've always been a huge advocate for community engagement because the military does that. You know, you move into a small town and before you know it, your population becomes very lopsided. The military population far exceeds what the community at large was before they arrived. I look at MUSC like that. We are such a large entity with thousands of people that are working here. I think it makes sense that we reach out and get back to the community. So last October, we started an initiative with the Charleston Police Department, and we provide visitation at the police station. We have come to be down with community engagement and events that they have throughout the city. But we also now are doing roll calls uh-huh. at the various stations and just completed some training for critical incident roll calls. So when we have a horrific or traumatic experience and the police officers require debriefing and de-stressing, we get a call. I go ahead and launch that special group of 15 who signed up and said, hey, I want to do mm-hmm. this. And we launch out to be there to support them and help them kind of release a lot of the anxiety and stress. But I say all that to say that while we were having our training, I had an animal advocate come in and talk about how to help de-stress the dogs. Because mm-hmm. we all know that therapy dogs observe, absorb so much when they're working. And so something as simple as the Tellington teapot, never knew much about it. Oh. I am just loving it. I can't get enough of it. We had a demonstration and I watched Jackson look at most of the people and the dogs initially. And then the teeth touch just got really good. And he just started staring into the therapist's eye and I just lost my dog for a moment. But those are the type of things that I like to continue to educate and bring forth to those people that are on this journey with me here at MUSC so that we're doing the right things for the dog. Yeah, We've got to remember that that is the most important component in this whole venture. It's the dog. Yeah, T-Touch is such a beautiful thing. I can't wrap my head around how it works, but my animals will push each other out of their way when I'm doing it on one of them. And so I saw that it does. It does. It yeah. does. You know, and initially we were all looking at her like, really? Yeah. Circular motion in the back of your hand. Really? Yeah. But I'm telling you, I've done it. Harley is experiencing a little cognitive dysfunction now. And at 14 and a half, I think that that's pretty much understandable. At night, just like with people, sundowning, we get a little restless. We start going counterclockwise in circles. We can't get situated. And if I sit on the floor and I start the T-touch, it works. 
it really, really works. So I'm hoping that those people that were in the class were able to benefit from it. And anybody that's listening to us now, just pull it up, Google it. There's tons of information and testimonies and videos. It's a lot of fun in terms of strengthening that human-animal bond between you and your animal. Yeah, they have a lot on YouTube, on their YouTube channel. And then I've done their level one and level two training. You can go as deep as you want. But the beautiful thing about learning T-Touch is you don't have to know canine anatomy in the way that you do for like canine massage. Yes. Yeah. You can learn T-Touch without having that extensive training in what's Mm -hmm. under your animal skin. So Exactly. It's a fun activity to do with your dog, Mm -hmm. period, you know, regardless. And there's no wrong, you know, so, but yeah, I loved it. Rob, Peter Life says they do tea touch on Rodrigo. So there's something you have in common. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah, well, tell me about it. Well, there's an upcoming podcast episode for you. Here we go. Well, I could obviously talk to you all day. I have no doubt about that. But while you're here, is there anything else that you wanted to share? I just poured my life out in 29 minutes. We'll take it done. I don't know what else to say other than for those that know me and those that have worked with me or are working with me, I can't say it enough. I love the love and, and the accolades, but man, I tell you, this is a joint venture and I could not do it without them. They are incredible. And that's my blessing. That's my joy to be able to represent them and work with them every day. So here we go. <laughs> Well, they say you're possum and that you're a visionary and a huge dog advocate. So, I am. Awesome. All right. Well, Kathy, where can people find you if they want to keep in touch? So if you want to keep in touch with me, you can reach out at, at rubygoldenbeetle.com. You can find me on the internet if you do it that way. The boys have an Instagram and a Facebook page i tried to do tiktok i think i'm too old <laughs> uh, it just did, it just didn't work out but i have some videos on there on youtube and again check us out with girls with dogs that's just a fun podcast to listen to but you still have to continue to listen to therapy dog talk <laughs> there's a number we'll, for both <laughs> it, it is it is maybe we'll get you to come on and talk with us sherry real soon yeah i'd love that definitely perfect all right perfect. kathy well thank you so much it was really great talking with you today Thank you. Thank you. Take care. You too. Tell your pups I said hi. I will. Bye. Bye.